They're turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and then we're going to go to Mark chapter 5, uh, 1 through 15. Uh, last week, we started our supernatural series, and we began to look at how there are two realms that the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about the spirit realm or the supernatural realm, and the Bible talks about the natural realm or the realm that you and I see and exist in. And, uh, and so it talks about the natural and the supernatural, the physical and the spiritual realms. Last week, as we started out our series, we, ta- we, we looked at Acts uh, chapter 19 and saw when these two realms collide and what takes place. And so if you missed that, you might want might to check, check into that online. I'm excited about this series because I'm not only going through it and talking about the different aspects of the supernatural, but I'm believing that God is going to expose urban church more to some supernatural activity, that we're going to see some more miracles. How many of you guys want to see some miracles in your lifetime, okay? That we're going to see some miracles, that, that we're going to see some stuff happen that is outside of the norm, it's outside of the natural, and so I'm believing for that, I'm praying for that. Matter of fact, we're working on bringing a guy in named Benjamin Patrick, um, who uh, someone let us know about, he was speaking at their school, and this, uh, this was a, a man that was dead for 36 hours, confirmed dead, was actually in the morgue. Um, and uh, freaked everybody out when all of a sudden he came out and kind of came to and had an amazing experience in those 36 hours. Was not a Christian before, but how many know he's a Christian now, okay? And, uh, and so we're working on bringing him out here to, uh, to just kind of finalize our Supernatural series. It'll probably be the end of August, beginning of September. How many of you guys think that'd be kind of cool to have him come out? And so, uh, so pray that that happens. We're working on bringing him out, and uh, he can share his testimony and, uh, and, and what God spoke to him. Uh, how many of you guys want to know what God spoke to him during those 36 hours? Yeah, so... Um, that's going to be kind of cool. So we're working on that. Today, though, uh, as we continue, we're going to talk about the dark side of the supernatural. We're going to talk about the demonic realm. Do demons exist? If they do, what are they doing? What's going on? So we're going to talk about that today. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 12, will be our verse that we rest, uh, read today. And it says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle in the physical realm. We don't wrestle with that which we can see. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power, this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. What's the Bible telling us? The Bible is telling us this. Look, you're not wrestling in the natural realm. You're wrestling in the supernatural realm. Okay? When when you're having a conflict with somebody, listen to me. Your conflict at that moment might be with that person in the natural, but how do you, how many know that what's working behind the scenes is the supernatural? It's the spirit realm. There's something we need to understand as believers because if not, we get really off and we start picketing things, all right? And we start having agendas and we start having movements against certain things. Listen, we're not wrestling against homosexuals, okay? We're wrestling against homosexuality. We're wrestling against the spirit that's behind that. Listen, we're not wrestling with adulterers. Okay? As we start our campaign, Sexual Revolution, we're going to talk about all these things. We're not wrestling with adulterers. We're wrestling with that spirit that's behind that, 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 that's causing those things. Do people make choices? Absolutely they make choices. But how many know that there's a spirit realm and their forces are working behind the scenes? And so we need to understand that as Christ followers, as believers. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 1, talking about the dark side of the supernatural. It says this, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadareans. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately 
there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. How many know that's some supernatural power working right there? And broke them into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and, uh, and on the mountains, he was always crying out, cutting himself with stones. And when Jesus from afar, when he saw Jesus from afar, I want you to look at verse 6. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have I to do with what you with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many, which is about 6,000 demons. I don't know what that guy was doing. How many know one demon is bad enough? Come on, somebody. 6,000, that is a bad day. And he begged him earnestly, do not send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirit came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to, uh, people came to see what it was that had happened. Verse 15. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man the one who had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray the next few moments that we have together, that, Lord, you would open up our ears, you'd open up our hearts, our spirits, our minds to, to comprehend the supernatural realm. Lord, I pray that as we discuss, Lord, these issues at hand today, that, that God, we would be able to walk out of here with a greater sense of what we're up against and, a, and understanding the power and the authority that we have to fight them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. As we talk about the, the dark side today and we talk about, uh, you know, demons, and people probably have a lot of questions because I'm sure all of us have seen a movie or we've seen an ad for a movie or, or maybe you've actually seen demonic uh, things, you know, play out in front of you, okay? Um, but no matter what, we've been exposed to a certain degree of demons, and so there's a lot of questions out there. What are demons? Are demons real? Uh, do they really exist? What do they look like? Now, I don't know exactly what they look like, okay? Um, and I don't know how accurate, you know, uh, Hollywood is portraying them. This is one thing I do know, though, um, that when they, when they portray the devil, I think they have it wrong, because a lot of, I mean, listen to me, the devil isn't going to show up in red spandex, come on somebody, with horns and a pitchfork, okay, are you with me? Okay, if he does, run, because that is freaky all in of itself, all right? But how many know that the Bible says that the devil will masquerade himself as an angel of light, okay? And he's, why is that? Because he's not going to come, I mean, he doesn't want to come and just freak you out so you run, like, ah! It's the devil. He wants to come in, he wants to be sly, he wants to be cunning, he wants to weave his way in. Now listen to me, not too many of us will ever actually encounter the devil himself, okay? Um, but what we will encounter is what we're talking about today is demons. What are demons? And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Now, as we talk about, though, here's something I want you to understand, okay? 
Do I believe that demons exist? Yes. Why? Um, because I believe the Bible is clear on the matter, but also I've encountered them myself since a young age, about the age of eight. Um, I didn't know at the age of eight that I'd be encountering them later on in life, but since about the age of eight, I've, 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 I've heard demons speak, I've seen demons, I've encountered demons, I've actually done exorcisms, as the world would call them, and see demons leave people. Um, I, I've seen all of that, and so it, the Bible is clear, but also I've experienced it, okay? I've seen it firsthand, and I won't share all of those stories with you because some of you won't be able to sleep tonight, all right? Um, but if you want to hear some more stories, sign up for my game and dinner night, all right? And I'll share with you some stories this summer. See, now I'm going to get everybody signed up. This is awesome. Yeah. But one thing I do want you to understand is not everything is a demon, okay? When you lose your keys, ladies and gentlemen, that is not the, de- you know, the, the, the demon key, all right? Like, oh, man, the demon key got me again. No, that's your memory, all right? Um, why don't you hang them or put them in a place where you can remember where you put them? You know, if you hurt yourself, okay, if you, if you tend to be clumsy, okay, don't blame it on a demon, all right? I don't know if there's a clumsy demon out there, all right? It might just be that you're clumsy, all right, and you trip, you know, on your wedding day and you skin your knees. It's okay. Um, and so, you know, the, these, 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 things, these things happen, right? Not everything's a demon. If the door doesn't open, okay, don't start rebuking the doorknob demon, all right? Okay, are you with me? All right, so not everything is a demon. Uh, but I want to start this, uh, I want to start this uh, day out before I, I continue any further, and I want to show you this clip. Now, hopefully this doesn't freak you out too much, but if you're sitting next to your significant other, you might want to grab their hand and, and take a look at this real quick and, uh, and watch this. And kids, if there's kids in here. I don't know if we want to hit the lights to see it better. What I want to, I just wanted to show you that, because not everything's a demon, all right? Sometimes it's just a vacuum cleaner, all right? So not, not every, how many guys were freaked out for a little bit there watching that? Okay, all right. Yeah, so not, not everything's a demon. Sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just the dirt devil. And uh, so check upstairs before you uh, start casting anything out. But I want to talk to you real quickly about, about, the dark side about about demons do they exist and there's 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 kind of a uh, a debate on whether there's a difference between demons and fallen angels i personally believe there is a difference where do demons come from then i don't know 
It's obvious where fallen angels came from because the Bible says that when the devil was cast out of heaven that, that he took a third of the angels with him. Which it's nice that the Bible tells us it's only a third because how many know that there's more that are for us than are against us? Amen? And so it says that he took a third and so we can see where fallen angels come from. Uh, they came as Satan was cast out of heaven. He took them with them. Then, then where do demons come from? What are demons? Some believe that they are actually fallen angels and it's just a different name. Although the, the, the actual Greek word for demons is this, it's daemon or daemonian, which is devil or devils or spirit or spirits, okay? It doesn't reference it as angels, it references it as something different. And if that's the case, you know, I, you know, I don't know where they came from. There are some different thoughts, though. The, the first one is, is that angels are, or demons are fallen angels, okay? And here's the thing, know this, that what you decide right here, it's not, you know, it doesn't depict whether or not you're going to go to heaven, all right? If you get this one wrong, don't be like, get to heaven, you're like, oh, I got that one wrong, okay? Not a big deal, okay? It doesn't matter really if they're fallen angels or if they're, if they're spirits, it really doesn't matter what it is, just know that you don't want one, all right? And so that's a good thing to know. Uh, another theory is this, and it's just a theory, um, because the scriptures don't give us enough on it. Another theory is that they're not fallen angels, fallen angels are separate. But when we see that people in the Bible are having demons cast out of them, they're never referenced as angels. They're referenced as spirits. And so another theory is this, is that demons are, are, are disembodied spirits from a pre-Adamic race. Now, I know that can get into a lot of different thoughts. And th- this thought comes from this, though, is that in Genesis 1, it says that there was the earth, and it was without form, and it was void of substance, and darkness covered the face of the earth. Some theologians believe that there was uh, a race before what we know now, and that it was destroyed, and thus the earth was without form, and darkness was over it. And what happened was, is that these spirits then were roaming freely throughout the earth that we live in now. And so those are demons. They come from a pre-Adamic race. Um, And another theory um, is is this, is that, hey, they're just our demons, they're just our, 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 uh, our fallen angels. Now, let me just say this once again. The Bible only gives us enough knowledge, all right, that we need to know, all right? Honestly, I believe God's a pretty good God, and if he told us everything there was to know about the spirit realm, the supernatural realm, we would freak out, okay? That's my personal opinion, all right, is that if he kind of exposed us to everything, we would be sleeping with the lights on every night. Are you with me, okay? We would not go anywhere. We'd just be freaking out. So he tells us enough that we need to know, and, and what is that enough? That we don't want a demon in us. We don't want a demon around us. We don't want a demon in somebody next to us. We don't want fallen angels talking. To, we don't want any of that, all right? What we want is the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? And so, and so the Bible gives us enough here. So when it comes to uh, fallen angels, though, I want to let you know this, that Satan himself is a created being. Satan is a fallen angel. He's the originator of sin, some verses that you can look at later, you can look at Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19. You can look at Isaiah 14, 4 through 23. And these passages are specifically talking about Satan and his decision to fall, his decision to sin, okay, and how he was cast out of heaven. Now, it's essential to know that Satan is a fallen angel and that he's a created being. This is why it's essential, because Satan and his, and his host of wickedness, as we read in Ephesians 6, 12, They are created beings, which means this. They are not omnipresent, which means they're not everywhere present, okay? Uh, They are not omnipotent, which means they're not all-powerful, okay? They don't know everything. They're not everywhere present, okay? And uh, and they can't do everything that God can do, 
okay? Why is that essential? It's essential because this. A lot of people, um, you know, they get, they get scared when they think something. And I had a bad thought. No, no, the demons are going to get that. And they're gonna, no, demons cannot read your thoughts. Satan cannot read your thoughts, all right? He's created being, okay? The things that set God apart from the rest of creation is that God does know your thoughts. And that should freak you out more than if a demon knows your thoughts. Come on, somebody. <laughs> all right? And so God is everywhere present, okay? God does know everything, and God is all-powerful. Those are attributes that set God apart from all of the rest of creation, okay? So Satan himself is a fallen angel. There are fallen angels. We see that in Scripture, a a passage that you can look at later, Revelations 12.4, talking about when Satan was cast out, and he took those angels with him. And then there are demons mentioned in the Bible by name, okay? And here's the thing is that whether you believe they're fallen angels or demons, doesn't really matter. Psalm 78, uh, verse uh, 78, 49, talks about how some are bound right now, but some are loose, okay? And here's the thing, it's the loose ones that we're up against, right? Some are bound, some are loose. They're running throughout the earth. They're creating havoc, okay? Uh, we're warring against them, as we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Ephesians six twelve kind of gives us a snapshot into... The, the spiritual dark side. And it talks about how we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, okay? We're not wrestling with our neighbors to get them saved. We're not wrestling with our coworkers to get them to Jesus Christ. We are up against a spiritual entity, okay? Even in Mark chapter 5, if you see this, the demons actually asked, hey, please don't, don't cause us to leave the country. Remember when we read that today? Said, hey, please don't, don't cast us out of the country. Allow us to go into those pigs over there. Why did they want to stay in the country? Why did they want to stay in that area? Well, a lot of people break Ephesians 6.12 down to believe that there are spirits over certain regions, certain areas, certain districts, okay? And these demons in Mark chapter 5 then, they must have been over that country or that area, and that's why they didn't want to leave, okay? And so we see here in Ephesians 6.12 then that a lot of people break it down like this. They believe that principalities speaks to those spirits that influence nations. That every nation has a spiritual influence, okay? Um, And now listen to me. We're not talking about some mystical influence. We're actually talking about demons, fallen angels, okay? And that they literally have districts. And so there's, there's a spirit over our nation. There's a spirit over other nations. Then they go on to say this, that power speaks to spirits that influence regions, Okay? So we're in, the, we're in the southwest region, okay? And so there's a spiritual force that, that is over this region that has been established by Satan. When Ephesians 6, 12 talks about rulers of darkness, okay? The rulers of darkness then, a lot of people believe that it's spirits that influence areas, that there is a spirit over San Diego, okay? And now some people I know are going to be like, hey, Pastor Ben, what do you think that spirit is? I don't know yet, Okay? I don't know. All I know of this is that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers, okay? And so we need to discern. We need to pray. We need to decipher. And we need to go against the spiritual host of wickedness. And then lastly, when it mentions spiritual wickedness in high places, that these would be spirits that influence by their nature or their character, okay? And all of these are under Satan's control, okay? Here's the thing. Satan made a really bad choice to leave heaven, Okay? If you don't know a whole lot about Satan, uh, he was actually the chief worship leader of, of everything that was taking place in heaven. The Bible actually begins to talk about Lucifer, an angel of light, Satan, 
begins to describe him and how there are literally pipes. Like, have you guys ever seen those big, you know, old school organs with those big pipes in them? No, no, no. Okay. I don't know if that's what it sounds like, but. That he literally has pipes within him. Okay? And he literally has, has gems within him. He was one of the most beautiful of all the angels. He was the chief worship leader. Okay? And he made a decision then that would take him out of heaven. Okay? And so this is what we're up against. So although he made a bad decision, okay, he's not stupid. He actually has a sphere of influence. And he actually has hosts of wickedness working underneath him. Okay? Now, Ephesians 6.12, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Pastor, why are we talking about demons? Why are we talking about the supernatural? Why did you show us that Dirt Devil commercial? What, what, what's going on? Why are we talking about all this? Because, ladies and gentlemen, we need to know what we're up against. Okay? Because, listen to me, there are far too many, many Christians that are just, they're just, they're just trying to get by, and they're just, they're just battling maybe some little stuff here and some little stuff there, and, oh, I had an argument with my spouse, and I had a, listen, Okay, arguments with your spouse, I know it feels like the devil sometimes, okay? Sometimes, guys, it's just because you're stubborn and bullheaded, all right? Okay? Sometimes, women, it's because you won't stop to listen to what the guy's trying to say. I know we don't have a lot of words, okay? And we just say it with a few. But if you could just get to the depth and the meaning of those few words we speak with, you would find a little glimmer of light, okay? We need to understand something, that we're not, we're not wrestling against each other, Okay? We are wrestling against spiritual hosts of wickedness, okay? Now, the cool thing is this, though, is that the Bible says that greater is he that is in me, come on, than he that is in the world. How many think that's a cool thing? So you might have been watching that, freaking out. Now, listen to me. If that little clip freaked you out until it got to the dress, some of you were ecstatic to see an old lady with a vacuum. You're like, oh, I didn't know where that was going. But if that freaks you out, man, you better get ready, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Because this is what we're up against. We're up against spiritual hosts of wickedness, okay? It's really cool because right now we're actually, is it today we started the Supernatural series in the kids' class? Is that today? Yeah. So today we actually started the Supernatural. Now, listen to me, parents will be like, oh my gosh, are they telling them about demons and stuff? Absolutely we are. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're not. We're not. My wife's like, no, we're not. No. We're talking about the other side where they have supernatural power in God, Okay? But I think that you're all mature enough to handle this subject. And yes, you do have supernatural power in God. So let's look at this now. Mark chapter 5. What is taking place here when it comes to the dark side, when it comes to demons? Okay. Uh, the disciples are in the boat and they're with Jesus. If you were to go back and read the last part of chapter 4, you see this, that Jesus actually told them to get in the boat and said, let's cross over, let's go to the other side. Right before that, the Bible says that the disciples and Jesus were sitting in a place where Jesus was was beginning to teach them all things. And in that moment of teaching them all things, I think Jesus got a thought and said, you know what, there's something I need to teach you and it's on the other side. And so he said, guys, let's cross over. And so they get in in the boat, okay? The Bible says they bring Jesus with them and they're heading over. As they're heading to the other side, they encounter a storm, okay? Now listen to me, okay? What was waiting for them on the other side was a demon-possessed man. And on their way across, Jesus fully knowing what they were going to encounter on the other side, here comes a storm against them to hold them back from their destination, to hold them back from where they were going. Listen to me now. To hold them back from this man getting his freedom. 
We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers. We wrestle with with hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And here they are going to the other side. God, Jesus, uh, God incarnate on the earth, fully knowing that they were going to encounter this demoniac. Now there's resistance, okay, on their way over. Here's something you and I need to know, ladies and gentlemen. The storms that are happening in your life are not about you. The storms that are happening in your life are trying to distract you, trying to discourage you, trying to keep you from getting to the other side. Because on the other side of your journey, there is someone waiting that needs to get set free. And see, too many of us, we look at our, our battle and we look at what we're encountering and we, ah! The wind, the waves! We're going to die. We're going to drown. Jesus, read the passage. Don't you care? Okay. I'm going to wake him up. Okay, get him over there. Listen to me. You are a Christ follower. You are bought by the blood of Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The storm that you're encountering does not have to do with you. It has to do with the people that God wants you to reach. Are you with me? And so if we understand that, you understand that it is essential that I get through this storm. Because this storm, see, too many of us, we look at our storm and we have a pity party. We feel bad for ourselves. Life sucks. This is hard. I only got $1,000 in my checkbook. Well, at least you got $1,000. Are you with me? Some people have a negative 1000 right now, and they're happier than you are with 1000 Come on, somebody. Okay. But that storm you're facing, listen to me, you have to push through. Why? Because there's somebody on the other side. There's somebody on, what does the Bible say? The Bible says this about Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You think the cross was fun? No. But for what was on the other, what was on the other side of the cross? What was on the other side of the cross was thousands upon millions of souls being saved because Jesus went to the cross. For the joy Man, this, this really stinks right now, but if I can get through this moment, man, there's going to be millions of Christians until Jesus returns. So you've got, you've got to fight through your battle. And so they fight through. They get to the other side. And as they get to the other side, the Bible says immediately they encounter a demon-possessed man. And I believe this is the lesson that he wanted to teach his disciples at that moment. Immediately. I mean, he hadn't got one foot out of the boat yet, and the demon came running to him. Okay, are you, are you following the story? And this is our lesson for the day. What does this tell us? This tells us this, that, that first of all, that demons are real. They really do exist. They didn't stop existing after Revelations. Are you with me? Okay? No, they, they still exist today. A matter of fact, Mark 16, uh, verses like 16 through 21, and it says this. It says that believers... And how many believers do I have here today? Come on, is anybody excited that they love Jesus and Jesus loves them? And if not, if you're not a believer today, hopefully this will scare the hell out of you and you will be a believer by the time you leave, okay? Mark 16 says this, that believers, those that raise your hand, in my name, they will cast out demons. It's the very first thing it says. It's the very first thing it says. It doesn't say believers in my name will go make disciples. Although, yes, that's the Great Commission. But it says, believers in my name, they, they, will, they, will, they will cast out demons, they'll lay, they'll lay hands on the sick, they'll see them recover, they'll speak with new tongues. It goes on and says these things. The very first thing it mentions, though, is that, that you'll cast out demons. That tells me, ladies and gentlemen, that, that, are you with me, that demons are real. If that's one of the things it says we'll do as believers, that means they're real. And here now, the disciples encounter the realness of these demons. Listen to it. Jesus encountered demons. 
the disciples encounter demons, you and I will encounter demons. Okay? Now listen to me. I'm not talking about you'll encounter it like one's going to like, okay, and get inside of you. Okay? Isn't that pretty crazy? Wouldn't it be cool if all of a sudden like an alien? Anyway. But man, you're going you're to come across people that could potentially be demon-possessed, that are afflicted by demonic strongholds, okay? And you've got to know that greater is he that is in you. Is anybody getting freaked out right now? No? Okay, I'll try a little harder. Okay, just kidding. They're real. They're real. They're real. I, I've personally encountered them. When I was eight years old, it was right after uh, my brother. My brother and I used to share a room. I have three older brothers. I'm the tallest, best-looking, smartest one out of all four. But thank you, baby. Give me another. Oh, thank you. I love you. And uh, right after we had split rooms, uh, we weren't sharing rooms anymore, a short time after, I started hearing things. And it wasn't like I was hearing things in my mind. You all know what it's like to hear something in your mind, right? There was, there was voices, and they were talking in my room. One was by the door. One was by the window. And I heard him. I was eight years old. I heard him having this conversation, maybe, maybe nine. Uh, I heard him having this conversation, and they were like, is that him? Yeah, that's him. What are we going to do? And I was just like, and, and the first night, I just put the blanket over my head and just, you know, and just, just started to cry out to Jesus, <laughs> okay? The second night it happened, I was, I was just like, I can't handle this anymore. What in the world is going on? And so I was so freaked out to get out of my bed, but I just counted the three, and I flew back my covers, and I ran, opened my door, and I ran all the way. My parents' room was all the other way, side of the house. It felt like 16 miles. I was just like, ah, okay? And I finally, I get there, and I go to get in the door, and the door's like, like, no! You know, come on, you're nine years old, voices in your room, right? And so they come running to the door, and they're like, what's going on? I was like, I hear voices in my room. And so they went over, man, they prayed, and never did I hear those things again. I didn't know that that was going to be one of my first of many encounters that I would have with demonic activity. We moved to San Diego, and uh, like literally, we're probably in our place for a month. And, uh, and we come out on Sunday morning, walking to our car, you remember this, walking to our car, and there was demonic pictograms all over the sidewalk, right outside our place, with arrows drawn, pointing to our home. And I hadn't been there long enough to tick anybody off, so I don't know what was going on. I just moved there. I'm just, you know, hey, you know. And, uh, and so then, then the week after that, we get to church, and, you know, here I am, this new youth pastor ready to take on the world, you know, and, and win, you know, everybody to Jesus Christ. And we walk in, and I'm, you know, at church, and I'm greeting people. And all of a sudden, this lady walks in with her daughter, and her daughter has this blank stare, and she just comes in, and she's probably about 12, 13 years old, and she stands there. And I was like, hi, how you doing? I go to shake her hand. The daughter wouldn't even shake my hand. She just keeps, this, like, she's looking right through me. And her mom just looks at me, and she goes, she's a witch. I was just like, well, slap the witch out of her. <laughs> I'm like, you're the mom, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> tell me she's a witch. <laughs> read your Bible, you know. And uh, so then literally um, her mom goes and sits down, and this witch decides to sit on the front row. And you remember this too. And she was sitting like, I was sitting like right here where Joe's sitting. And man, Bert, she was sitting right there in that chair, buddy. <laughs> different, different place, but same chair, my man. And uh, she sat there, and the whole time, her body didn't move, but her head was like this, looking at me the whole entire service. Didn't move the whole entire service for like an hour and 15 minutes. No, I just, no. Kind of freaked me out a little bit, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you know, and so I've encountered these things. I'll, t- I'll just tell you one more, just because I can tell you like stories. Uh, we actually were here for being youth pastors for about two months. Anybody okay with my stories? You all right with my stories? All right. Keep you interested, all right? And we're here for about two years now, and we were youth pastors. And I should have planned something to happen, like something would drop from the ceiling or something. That would have been fantastic. That would be better than a show in Vegas. All of a sudden I say something. Anyway. And so we've been here for about two years, and, and uh, we decided to go. It's the summertime. We're going to see this, this performance at the school. And I think her name was, uh, we were going to see Rama. 
yeah, her name was. And so uh, we go, and we sit down, and no sooner do we sit down that these two young ladies walk in, and, uh, and uh, they couldn't have been more than 12 or 13 years old again, and uh, they were all over each other, two girls. Uh, one of them was obviously overpowering the other one, and I could tell the one girl was completely un- uncomfortable with it, but they were sitting, they sat down right in front of us. And, uh, and so they're sitting in front of us. I just couldn't handle it anymore. They're the ones kissing on her, and I was just like, oh, God, help me, you know. And so I just said, you stop it right now in Jesus' name. And no sooner did I say that, that her head, without her body moving, did a complete 180 and just turned. You remember this. I'm not, you can ask my wife. I'm not lying. Did a complete 180, and her head was looking right back at us. Shoulders didn't move, just the head. Like, and I didn't say it loud enough for her, for here. Is anybody getting scared yet? No? Okay, I'll try a little harder. Just kidding. Just, just, stare, just, just staring right at us. And I was just, I, I honestly, I looked at Katie, and we started laughing, like, are you serious right here in the school? I was just like, you want to do this right here? Let's go, let's go. You know, I was ready. I was putting on the gloves, man. I had my championship belt. My wife, my wife came out with a championship belt in the background. <laughs> let's go, you know. <laughs> Rocky started playing in the background. It's awesome. <clears throat> and so, so anyway, tell them what happened. I just want to leave it right there. She's still sitting in that chair today. They can't move her. No, just kidding. Um, and uh, so anyway, so I just, we just started to pray in the Holy Spirit. And as soon as we started praying in the Holy Spirit, she turned her head back around. They both got up and they left and we never saw them again. And, uh, and you know, the cool thing we got to remember is greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I actually have got to the point now um, where I laugh at the face of evil. No, I was kidding. Where I, uh, seriously, where, where I've come to the point now where honestly it's happened so much to the point where I'll be at random places and a, a preacher will be preaching and something will happen in the service and they won't even know who I am. They'll be like, hey, you, can you go take care of that? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know. And, uh, and so we'll end up taking care of it. Um, but I've caught to the point where, man, this doesn't scare me. Uh, it doesn't freak me out. There was a time when it did when I was eight running from my parents' door, okay? But the reality is, is we will encounter them because they are real. And i got to wrap it up here. Let me give me five more minutes. Okay, awesome. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Okay. Hmm. We see this then that demons are destructive. They destroy things. You can, you can look at Mark 9.22, look at Matthew 9.33, and Luke 13.11 through 16. That's Mark 9.22. Matthew 9:33 and Luke 13:11 through 16. We see that they torment people. There was a story uh, in the Bible here that we just uh, referenced in Mark chapter 9 where there was a young man that the Bible said he was tormented day and night and the demons actually tried to throw him into the fire and try to drown him in the water. They're, they're tormenting this young man. They're, they're trying to destroy his life. They're destructive and they try to influence the mind. We see this that in Matthew 9:33 that they can actually mess with your health. They made somebody mute. And when the spirit was cast out of them, the, the person was no longer, no longer mute. We see that in 13, 11 through 16, other places that they cause diseases in people. Okay? So we understand that they do have some sort of influence. They do have some sort of power. And they're destructive. And they try to influence the mind. In this case, there were 6,000 roughly demons in this man. You've got to ask yourself, and what was this guy messed up in? How does that happen? How does someone get a demon? I should probably let you know real quickly, listen to me. A demon can't just at will enter you, okay? So if you're sitting here today and you're freaking out like, oh my gosh, okay? A demon can't just whoop, you know? It has to have an open door. It has to have, in essence, an invitation. Now, not just an open invitation like, hey, demon, here I am. Come on in, okay? But literally some sin in your life. 
some unrepentant sin, some habitual sin that you know is wrong and you're not getting right and you're not dealing with it, that you are leaving a door open for the enemy. Three of the greatest ways from my studies that I see that today that people open themselves up to the demonic realm are first and foremost just overt uh, actions in the demonic realm, playing with Ouija boards, doing tarot cards, going to palm readers, doing, doing psychic balls, things like that. You are opening yourself up to the demonic, and if you do that, ladies and gentlemen, you are inviting the demonic into your life. Another great way that people do that today is they do it uh, through uh, being involved in drugs, and it's those, those people that involve themselves in drugs, not even just drug addicts, but people that involve themselves in drugs, they're opening themselves up to the spirit realm. Listen to me, why is it that people, when they do drugs, they see weird things? Well, it's just messing with their mind, Pastor. No, it's not. It's opening them up to the spirit realm to see what's really out there. Stop doing drugs. <laughs> okay? The third way that people open themselves up today to demonic activity is through sexual immorality. That's one of the reasons why in September we're going after it, because it's one of the ways. Now, listen to me. It's obvious. If you involve yourself in demonic activity, okay, you, you might get a demon, okay? Now, hopefully you're not out doing drugs, but if you are, stop, okay? But one of the greatest ways that our culture is opening themselves up to demonic activity is through sexual immorality, because it's one of the sins where you are not just committing a sin uh, against the body. You're committing a sin against that person's body as well. There's actually a transfer with one another. And you're opening yourself up, you're exposing yourself to those things. And so we see that demons are destructive. We see that they, they have influence over the mind. We see this, that demons are at war. What are they at war? They're at war with you. They're at war with you. Turn with me to this scripture real quick, to Matthew 12, 28 to 29. Are we okay? You getting something out of this today? Okay. Matthew 12, 28 to 29. It says this, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. What's the verse 28 telling us? It's saying this, but if the spirit of God uh, is on you to cast out demons, listen to me, the war is against you. The war is against the kingdom of God. If you're a Christ follower, you need to understand that the war is on you, but you need to understand also that you have power and authority in Jesus' mighty name. We see this, that, that demons have power. It's limited power, but they have power. Here in Mark chapter 5, what was happening? The Bible said he was breaking apart the chains. No one could bind him. How many know that's pretty powerful? Okay? All of a sudden, he'd break these things, and, and no one could bind him. He was living in the dead places. He was, he was dwelling there. No one could contain him. They have power, but it's limited. It's limited power. Limited power. Where do demons go when you cast them out? The Bible, the Bible talks about this. The Bible says that when a, a demon is cast out, it goes throughout the, out the earth looking for a dry, desolate place, looking for rest. Which gives us kind of a snapshot into the demonic, okay? Demons, the reason they want to inhabit somebody is because they want to find a place of rest. Why do I believe there's a difference between fallen angels and demons? And what is the main difference that I see? Is that angels don't seek to inhabit someone, but demons do. And they seek that out because they're looking for a place of rest. That's why if they're uncontested, they will stay. But when they're contested, they go out. The Bible says they go throughout looking for a dry place. It tells us this, they, they, they're looking for a place of rest. They don't want to be confronted. When they are confronted, they will begin to, they will begin to lash out and rage out. I was in a meeting uh, about three years ago, and uh, Joe was there. 
some others that are here were there. My wife was there. And in this meeting, there was a pastor um, that was on stage, and he began to preach. And he stopped for a moment. He began to talk about authority. And authority is such a, a huge issue when it comes to the demonic realm. He started talking about authority, and he said, when you come into another kingdom, that you must bow. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord. He started talking about authority, and as he was talking about authority and saying that every, every knee must bow right now, because we're in a house of God, we're in a church right now worshiping God, all of a sudden, uh, a young man about seven rows back started screaming out. I actually have the DVD of it. Started screaming out, and it was going on and on, and finally I looked at my wife, and I was like, okay, no one's dealing with it. So I went back there, and I picked up this young man, and I carried him out, and for about two and a half hours, we did an exorcism on him, reading the word, praying, um, casting out, ended up casting out three demons out of this young man. Um, but here's what happens is when they leave, they go looking for, listen, this is what the Bible says though, but if they find no rest, they'll come back to the place that they came out of and they'll find it swept clean, uninhabited, and they will come and they'll bring seven more with them, okay? Now, that freaks me out a little bit, okay? Listen to me, it's not just enough to break the connection with the demonic. You've got to get yourself filled up with Jesus Christ. Are you with me? You've got to get yourself filled up with the word of God. You've got to get yourself filled up with the spirit of God. You've got to, are you with me this morning? Okay? So we see this, that they have power, but it's limited power. Bible says this on Luke 10, 19, that he's given us power over unclean spirits. That we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to walk around freaking out, you know, when we see things and doing. No, no, why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That we have been given power and authority over unclean spirits. Look at this. I want you to see this. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, we're going to stop here. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, catch this now, that the demons saw him from afar off. And when the demon saw Jesus from afar off, he ran, he fell down, and he began to worship Jesus. He began to worship Jesus. Listen to me now. When a, when a demon sees Jesus, it bows its knee. When sin sees Jesus, it bows its knee. When, when things that are afflicting you see Jesus, it bows its knee. Listen to me now. If you have been wrestling with things, you have been battling things, and it is not bowing, maybe it's not seeing Jesus in you. And the way you can get that to bow in your life, the way you can stop continually walking in that habitual sin is by allowing it to see more of Jesus and less of your flesh. Why are you still wrestling with things? Why are you still battling things? Why are you still struggling with things? You need to get Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you with me? The Bible is either true or it's not. And the Bible says that everything on earth will bow at the feet of Jesus. What we need to do, listen to me, Christians, what we need to do in our culture is we need to rep Jesus a little better. We need to allow people to see Jesus in us at all times. Everywhere we go, everything we do, at work, out with our friends, listen to me. And I'm telling you right now, if we begin to display Jesus, the Bible says that the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And as we begin to bring Jesus, and we begin to let them see Jesus, now, why, why are you having such a hard time witnessing to your friends? Maybe it's because they see you partying with them weekends. Well, mm -hmm. maybe it's because they don't see Jesus in you. Listen, forget, forget the demonic for a minute. Some of you that have kids and you're wondering, now why are my kids behaving that way? Maybe it's because they don't see Jesus in you. Are you with me? Maybe you just need to let them see more of Jesus because the Bible says when this demon saw Jesus from afar, 
You don't have to, you don't have to even be that, 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 that much like Jesus. Come on, somebody. If they can just see a little bit of Jesus in you, are you with me? Okay? Just, 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 just start where you're at, but let them see Jesus. Understand this. Understand your position in Christ. You're seated with him in heavenly places. You're wrestling against demonic forces, but you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Understand this, that we need to reaffirm our faith. We need to reaffirm our faith. Who is it that we're under? We're submitted to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can't touch this. Right? And when a police officer pulls you over, that man has no authority except for what he's been given. Listen to me. The authority you have is what's been given to you by God. And the Bible says authority has been given. Understand that you have power and you have weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? And, and, and this last one, close any open doors. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, give no place to the devil. Give no opportunity to the devil. Give no place. Well, well Ben, I'm, I, I wouldn't give place. I, what are you talking about? Unrepentant sin gives place to the devil. Bitterness in your life gives place to the devil. Unforgiveness in your life gives place to the devil. You know what the Bible actually says? That when you come to the Lord and you begin to pray, that first go and make sure you have everything right with your brothers and your sisters. Because if not, he won't even hear your prayer. Give no place to the devil. Give no opportunity. How do we do that? Man, we got to close every door. Listen to me, I'm not trying to freak you out today. I'm not trying to scare you today, but I do want you to understand this. The word of God is true. The word of God is real. Jesus encountered demons. The disciples encountered demons. You and I will encounter demons. And we need to know the authority that we have in Christ Jesus to overcome them. Come on, somebody, to overpower them, to overtake them, to help somebody else get rid of them. Listen, I'm telling you right now, you work with people that have demons. You do. Now, I know some of you think you're married to someone that has a demon, but we'll, we'll deal with that later, but... Listen to me. Close the doors. Affirm your position in Christ Jesus and understand the power that you have in him and walk free from demonic activity and overcome him in Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. God, I pray right now, Lord, as we conclude this time together, that, Lord, we would not walk out of here afraid, but, God, we would walk out of here faith-filled, God, knowing that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah.